podcast all about glass onion i'm your host adil kurji and i'm joined this week by ollie brady hey Dean. great uh we are on minute 82 which of course is 12100 to 12159 i finally remembered to write those down because i usually mess it up if you've heard <laughs> well if you heard my previous two weeks uh coming up to this point um so we last uh talked about we were doing um helen's narration of how the group got together walking with benoit uh, and how um, Miles' entry to the group sort of kick-started something, uh, and the last minute ended with, you know, small stuff, but it ha. And today we find out, penned. Um, um, and then the big thing happened. Which I actually think is a nice little... Normally, you would like, reading those lines, you'd think that's kind of clunky. You know, small stuff, but it happened. And then the big thing happened. But, it, it, like, the cadence in the narration really works. It's unfortunate it's caught up between the minutes. Just yeah. why I wanted to bring it up. Um, what is that you're working on? And uh, and then we, and so we cut to, so we started this scene with that shot of Andy and uh, in a nicer blazer uh, sort of writing something. And then we cut to, and it's uh, Miles at a pool table, sort of at the very out there opposite ends. Andy is sort of writing at, like, on a bar table on a stool so high up well lit and then uh miles is kind of in shadow he's only lit by the pool table light and as lit as that and he's bending over um and he looks up and he says oh what is that uh you're you're working on and he like points jokingly with the pool cube and we have this lovely um set of pull shots where it goes from him saying what's that looking what was that you're looking at to the cut to his point of view, but it's, we're now doing a pull shot into Andy, and then we switch back to him, and it's a pull shot towards him, and that's when he po- points with the pool cue, and so mm-hmm. we get this lovely, the depth of that pool cue, and the, his interest in what she's doing is clearly peaked because we have them sort of, the two pull shots, um, and actually a third one back to Andy pulling, really, really emphasize they're coming together about something, right? Yeah. Even though they physically haven't moved, whatever is the topic is bringing them together. Um, and then we hear Helen go. So based on the napkin idea, Andy and Miles created Alpha. It blows up. They bring everyone along for the ride. Miles' aspirations keep getting bigger and bigger. And it kickstarted Miles' aspiration getting bigger and bigger uh, until two years later. Cut to two years ago, Miles meets some sketchy Norwegian scientists at an ayahuasca ceremony in Peru who sells him on this whole new hydrogen fuel. He becomes obsessed. And he's willing to give the company's entire resources to launch this thing. We cut to an investment contract headshot, uh, sorry, above shot of a contract and a pen being dropped onto it. Uh, and no, Andy, Andy, come on. This is it. No, no, no. This is not a startup. This could blow up the world. Uh, and she's like, no, no, we're not. Yeah, no, no, we're not. a. St- this isn't a startup. This could blow up the world. And Miles goes, yeah, no. Literally, Miles, this could blow up the world. The reality distortion field ends Obviously, we're going to talk about the details. It's just quite a dialogue-heavy thing. I thought I'd just get that description out of the way. I can't let you do As always, I'm going to ask you, Ollie, what did you think of this minute? Um, I thought it was great. Uh, I think uh, it's one of the strongest minutes in the entire movie. Um, I really enjoyed this. I liked the 
the fact that we start off with the two of them in another like this entire scene and the, the entire last one is a real indication of the two different personalities we have in place we have her sitting at the bar at a table with her napkin as she's writing on she's got a book underneath her on proper investments i think it yeah. is she's writing it while wearing a business suit he's dressed like a lounge lizard in the background enjoying a game of pool she has the idea she has the skill she has the talent but he yeah. is able to spot that she has got something good so he's playing pool he's looking up and he sees so obviously she's got a little smile on her face because she knows she's done something right free app all of the mind map oh. is laid out in front of her yeah. and even though he can't see it even though he's not privy to anything that's going on over there he still is able to go what are you working on over there you're you've got something good now how is he able to tell all that from being lent over a pool table taking a pool shot so it's she hasn't been any of his focus but it's his skill set that's what he's been good at he's got this confidence to be able to see when something else or somebody else has something good and to leech onto it to become part of it and then it leads to like eventually we see even though there are four other people in the group or three other people in the group four other people in the group the two girls and the two boys he and her become 50 50 on the company they become yeah. the lead partners in alpha and you mentioned the uh the um uh contract that was dropped onto the desk like i, I might drag up the screenshot here um let me see if i can uh yeah, yeah. I, 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 it's a hundred percent alpha investment into clear hydrofuel um and it's uh i'm gonna full screen it yeah so it's parties cassandra brand Equal uh, partner, 50%. E- yeah, and which is really great. Um, yeah. So, And that's that's what I think is very interesting about that. Even the way that that's filmed is, he had to give himself a secondary title. He's not just, it's not, it's Cassandra Brand, equal partner, 50%. Yeah. Miles Braun, before it gets to equal partner, 50%, he's CEO. Yeah, and that... I read so I read it a bit differently. Was it was like he's he is the front man. That's what she values in him. Yeah. So him being the CEO makes sense. But yeah, you're right. There is something else to play on but the that, contract. But that's what I'm that saying is is why does he need to put that in? It's surely she would have a job title within the company. Yeah. But she doesn't feel the need to put that job title in the company because the fact that she's an equal partner, fifty percent, is enough for her. And again, it's him with the confidence thing. It's him with the, even though his name comes second on that contract, right? Mm. Uh, Miles Braun, he still gets in CEO, Chief Executive Officer or whatever it happens to stand for. So it's all, again, as you said, him getting across his position, him getting across him because he's the front man and he knows Mm -hmm. what he's bringing to the table, despite the fact that she is the one who's actually part of the business. I also like the fact that he has already signed it. Yeah. She hasn't. And it's a real indication that she is the one who's actually putting in thought into this. And I was thinking to myself, right, he has been playing this confidence guy. Why were two Norwegian physicists at an ayahuasca thing in the first place? Like, Now, I'm not saying your average physicist, being a pretty average physicist, uh, doesn't go out and have fun and stuff like this here. But like, they're also not the kind of things that, I would suggest is common within my group and social circles. So 
for them to be down there in the first place, meeting the kind of rich person that Miles Braun is, would lead me to think that perhaps that they were working the old uh, confidence tricks themselves. And mm. him, despite the fact that he is a confidence trick himself, feels it, it feels like he has been brought in with these guys, as opposed to Cassandra, who has always been the more rational to them, is like, no, 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 this is... No, this is nonsense. We're not putting in entirety of our budget into this we're not putting all of our company stocks into something which might not work and even if it beyond even if it doesn't work it might also blow up the entire planet so she's the more responsible and and thought-provoked one of the two she he is been taken in at this drug ceremony with a group of people who were there to effectively reel him in and he became their big fish yeah um so, uh, I really, um, there's a lot I like about this, this one shot after the pen drops. Uh, so it's, uh, it's weird. So like you could tell Miles has drawn it up for multiple reasons, right? Cause it's an investment. It's like a contract for equal partnership in full alpha investment into clear, but it's not alpha being assigned. It's the alpha of shareholders. Mm-hmm. Makes me think there's the they're risking their shares themselves. That's what I think um, is happening. Yeah. Yeah, but also clear has their logo on there. It's not a clear contract, isn't it? It's an alpha to alpha, like it's an agreement of alpha investing to do something of alpha, right? It's mm-hmm. just an interesting little thing. But what I really like is um, their addresses. My, Miles is a street. <laughs> there's no, it, it's like a whole. St- it's I, the implication that like yeah, he lives in. He lives on Cochrane Street. All of Cochrane Street, New York, is 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 his address. There's no there's no other. You don't need a number because I I live on the whole street, Love which it. is like exactly what a guy like this would do, right? He would buy up a street and build a massive house somewhere because he wouldn't buy a massive house somewhere. He would make his own, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the whole point of the island. Um, but also, again, the email address andybrand at imbermail dot com. Imbermail's probably that that world Gmail, I assume, right? Mm-hmm. Probably, but yeah. then we get Miles, CEO of this huge company. His email address is alpha at alpha five hundred alpha hq dot com. Love it. What? What is? <laughs> I just. What is that email address? Um, five hundred alpha hq. Do you know? I was. Is that like I'm looking at. Do you buy a domain for the street address or of the headquarters or he, something? He absolutely did. But what I also think, I think they missed a trick there. I think mm. what they should have done there is called it alpha at hotmail dot com, um, and just showed that Miles is still using a hotmail in 2023. Oh, and and when they founded Alpha <laughs> Industries, he just got another hotmail address. Yeah, he just was like, "This is my new hotmail, alpha at hotmail." Oh, and, it would definitely have to be like bought alpha it out of somebody. Alpha, right? Because alpha would be taking it on hotmail. Yeah, alpha five thousand and one. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just that really tickled me when I saw that the email addresses, and then that I have to admit, I only noticed the street address right when I sent you the screenshot. But it's like, yeah, it's such a, it's such a weird one. Yeah, and so if you look, the rest is just like definitions and like confidentiality for clear. The other thing I like is, presumably the thing in the tray on the top left corner is jingle is clear. Oh, is the the actual material? I would I would assume. Oh yeah, that makes more sense. I was like, did but, she take? But remember, like, this is the thing that in this scene, 
it could blow up the whole world. And then like, you should invest this in this in this this thing that is volatile. Here's some of the volatile thing besides <laughs> you, the two people who who are who need to be not in the same room when it explodes. It's just such a like he definitely was like, look, it's a real thing. I brought you some of the real thing. It's worth investing in. I swear that's the conversation that happened right before we cut into this scene. Oh, I, like, look, it exists. It. Absolutely. It's not, it's not a smokescreen. Here it is. Here's this dangerous thing. and Because he doesn't get that. She's not worried that it's like vaporware. She's worried that it's dangerous. Yeah. Um, yeah, I said it, it's a real indication of, of where the two of them are. And it's also um, it's also an indication of... Uh, you mentioned it last time about, about costume and stuff. Is If you take her in the beginning of the scene, so she's wearing a brown suit, um, or like a, a darker colored suit like that. I mean, dark. Well, she's wearing black in this one, but a dark yeah. color suit. Um, and she's in the shadows. She's wearing brown lipstick. She's got really muted kind of makeup on her. Now she's the CEO of the company. It's a black power suit. She's got a really, really evident white collar, and she's got very bright red lipstick. Right, because she knows she is now the woman in charge. Like, not to use a phrase that I do, but I saw somebody else describe it this. So for anybody listening this is not something that's in but she's a boss bitch in this scene and he is coming to her and she knows she has the power in this situation he is effectively on his feet reaching across the table again begging her effectively to sign into his idea and she is not falling for his things if this was any of the other people in the group they would probably fall for him but andy has always been the smartest person in the group again the two the little bit at the start and then this little bit here in the middle just really indicates where the two of them are in the group that yes they are the power couple um in the group of friends they go off to be super successful but she has always been the voice of reason the the intelligence the brains behind the operation yeah and actually going back to that first few seconds right um where um we actually you could you could almost miss it right because we we the beginning of the pool shot we like it's Lionel and Duke, apparently all three of them playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're so much in the shadows. You just see the bottom of their their abdomens are the only thing that's really lit up. Yeah, uh, and it and we immediately start with this tight shot, this, this like really quick zoom in, um, so that we can see clarity on uh, Miles's face. What is that you're working on? And he like shoots, misses, and then. We do the the two opposing pull shots I talked about, and he's like, and she like does a little head nod, and then that's when he picks up. This is something big, and mm-hmm. like does the pull cue motion, and we do the 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 pull in, and it's like again so clear that the only reason he's more lit up is because he's the one who's leaning into the pool shot. He's the active person. Yeah. Right. The the rest of them, their big problem was they weren't doing stuff. And like we talked about last minute, what he brought to the table was pushing people to do stuff, right? Getting someone set up at Twitch, as you said, we could do it for anyone in 20 minutes, Yeah. Um, right? Getting Lionel published, that's not a thing a Miles could do unless it was, send your fucking papers out. Sorry, unless it was, send your papers out. Um, you said that like a man who's been told to send his papers out in the past. <laughs> uh, I say like a man who... <laughs> still needs to be told, scolded to send his papers out uh perfectionism uh compounded by adhd and procrastination is a hell of a drug mm-hmm. um nearly as powerful real? as ayahuasca mm, well done um yeah and so uh i just think it's it's so emblematic of their positions where his value is pushing 
her value is thinking and aiming the push. Mm-hmm. And that works really well in the beginning of this minute, right? Because he sees what because he sees that she's got something, so he's going to help push her forward. And the end of the scene, they are in opposing each other, and he's still trying to push. And she's like, "No, that's not how this works. It's like you can help push me forward, or I can aim you at the right things. You don't get to. I'm the one who figures the right thing out, right? Yeah. Uh, we're and like, no, no, this is not a startup. We don't throw money away. Is the implication of that line? Just a. Uh, uh, just one thing, yeah. just because I'm noticing, because as you're talking, I was looking at the, the screenshot. If you cut to about 12 seconds, so I think it's just as they're zooming in on each other's face. Yeah. Whose camera is sitting on the table? Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, Instax. It's a, one of the, it's the, like, Polaroid. Yeah. Um, replacement that ha- came out in the late. The naughties. Yeah, it's cool. It's low. I'm, I'm. Yeah. Like I like the fact that it's there. I'm just wondering, is it, is that Jukes? Is it part of his streaming? No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be because it makes like. Yeah, it takes instant yeah. pictures. Yeah. So I just, wonder if there's a deleted scene where their montage of time or in the past might have been, or time in the glass onion might have been like done by little cameras. Like they, or they all like went together, you know. Yeah. We're all celebrating, and then that's just like. A uh, linking prop that doesn't make sense now that it was cut. Yeah, that's that. That could be exactly what it is. So they started by, oh, and we did this, 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 and this, and it's tons yeah. of pictures, and then they cut it out, and we're like, nah. And they realized they could just do the narrative of what happened. Um, I want to talk about um the cut back to Helen and Benoit, but let's finish our wrapping around story because what I really like when we talk about wardrobe, she's got the gold bangle as well and her nails are done and like you said her lipstick and her hair uh everything is it, she's got bright points instead yeah. of all dark because she's not in the shadows on, on the strings she's a major part of the company i really like just again you were saying um last episode how like his like street magician outfit was was uh based on uh tom cruise's character mackie in magnolia um if we once we cut to in like second 51 we finally see him miles and he's got really tame hair mm-hmm. and a black turtleneck and jeans and it's like i'm the ceo of a tech company so i have to look like steve jobs that's exactly what it is and, it, and it, it's it's it, i was gonna say it's subtle it's not it's hammering the nail on the head but it's hammering it on the head in a subtle way he's dressed like steve jobs because he thinks he's the next steve jobs yeah it's hammering the nail on the head it's just not the nail you might originally think it's not that the filmmaker is like this is what a ceo thinks it's like this is what this character thinks a ceo would wear right mm-hmm. as opposed um, to nowadays people would be dressed like elon musk yeah i wouldn't even know uh, what that would look like <laughs> uh yeah X, x's everywhere yeah yeah Sorry, I'd said Twitter earlier on plugs last episode. Uh, it doesn't exist. Uh, my axe <laughs> handle is at the Omniarch. Uh, it's, it's all the same. Possible. Is it yeah. called an axe uh, handle? Is that what they call it now? Well, I'm, I, I'm assuming... I read a really good tweet about how, you know, technically we're dead naming the company. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what? so I want to say one more thing about this last scene, uh, which is, so I'm a photographer and uh, one of my shticks is reflections and obviously lighting is bread and butter but reflections i find really fascinating and so i really picked up on this in this scene the table is shiny af right oh yeah it's beautiful um but they've 
angled the shots really well and the fact that he's dressed as Steve Jobs really does a double duty here because you get the reflection. So when we see Andy, you can see details of her earrings and her collar, etc. in the reflection. Mm. You also It also makes the backdrop downtown view look much more big because those buildings kind of continue into themselves it just she is her backdrop is spectacular i'm an important person on a high floor in a city right and his backdrop is uh at second 45 is the first time we see him sort of leaning for he's again leaning forward but now instead of the confidence of the pool shot or the like i've just shook your hand and i want to meet you people it's begging right Mm-hmm. And you can see that in his posture. His shoulders are a bit hunched. He's kind of hold, one hand on the on the chair, and he's gesturing like, "Come on!" Um, but we still see um, the Alpha logo super bright in the reflection. He's his backdrop is the company. Her backdrop is the world. She is part of the world. His backdrop is all I have is the company because mm. I'm just the front man. But also, if you look, you can't. There's the only details you see is his meek hand holding on the, on the chair. Yeah, because the way they've angled the shot. His head, the reflection of his head has been cut off by the bottom of the frame. And all you're seeing in reflection of him-wise is his black shirt. So she's reflected in on the table, and you're getting more of her person. And then in the net opposing shot, he's kind of invisible. All there really is is the company, and he's like begging for the company to do a thing. And she's like, and then we cut back to her, and she's like, I'm the world, and the, and the company does what I want. It's just so well thought out to have have her really seem bigger and him basically non-existent it's such a neat shot to convey exactly what's going on uh and what you were talking about with the sort of their juxtapositions Uh, so it's like a really good showcase of the juxtaposition of the beginning of the scene them working together him moving into the light and poking her literally trying to poke her with the pool cue kind of right to him reaching out and begging to be seen and listened to but he's not reflected yeah, it's just so cool. It's, it's such really, a fun shot. It is really well done, and uh, and just to, from a, a design point of view, I absolutely hate that wall behind him. Okay, uh, it is one of those. You know, you know when you just see something where some you you know, an interior designer just went, let's like I'm gonna design this and it's gonna be futuristic, and it's just over designed. Like what? <laughs> it looks like a bunch of sliders on. Um, well, first of all, sliders. But it, it looks like a bunch of sliders on, yeah. um, like a soundboard. Um, yeah. It just, it, it just doesn't say or mean anything. It's just like, hey, look, we made a cool science thing. It's just nothing. Yeah, and I think I, I think it works really well because it's that like, again, I think it's this really neat juxtaposition of their backdrops, right? So she is like in the world doing big things that are important. And her world is this finance tech buildings, including the other companies that aren't her company. Mm. And his world is this, like, facade of the company, right? Because the weird wall is kind of, like, doing this duty of, like, we're dynamic. Our walls aren't even flat, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's all he's got, right? There's nothing behind it? Yeah, it's all show. It's, yeah. it's all of that flash on a regular wall. Yeah. It's like, as you said, we're, we're flashy. We do cool stuff. Look at us. But it's all just built on the background of a, a flat wall. And it's yeah. just all for show. Yeah, it's really well yeah. done. Um, yeah, and then I really like how when, when he, she's like, this could blow up the world. Um, <laughs> let me just go back to 
and and he's like, yeah, kinda, could. Yeah, he's like, yeah. It, this is uh, second fifty-two. If you're watching it in the minute, um, but like that, and then suddenly she goes from like arm on kind of the desk, and like she dropped the pen, but she's just like making, trying to be coherent and rational, and then she drops her hand and she leans a bit, kind of a, to weirdly to one side and forward, mm-hmm. and it just breaks her. I'm the important investor posturing and persona and then because she's like just drops it all and just trying to appeal to his like sense of humanity like literally miles her tone changes to from reprimanding no this is a bad decision to literally miles like (laughs) this could blow up the world right yeah because um and she's scolding and she looks concerned and and it's re i think the the like especially the red lipstick and that lighting that you were saying that made her feel like very ceo like it's it's so well thought out because mm-hmm. that emphaticness and that softness to her tone slash like the worry that comes out same look makes her works that way too it's not she's not like she's breaking that persona but the things that were making that persona look bigger are helping her seem human human yeah and it also it also it feels like this is the kind of thing where she might have had this conversation with him before not specifically about this one just about ideas which aren't really good ideas because she almost takes on the position of uh like a parent in this no she leans back a little bit the hand goes up she's like no miles this might destroy the world and he's like yeah yeah might might blow up the world it's like no 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 actually blow up the world um in this kind of like you're messing with things you don't need to be messing with we're making a good thing here it is don't fix what isn't broken and he's trying to make like so they're obviously billionaires or whatever they happen to be yeah. and he's now trying to be a trillionaire or whatever he thinks is going to happen and at the end of the day she's like no just like leave it like you're you're wrong and i just get the impression that over the last 15 years that that has been nothing but a continual series of him popping up going hmm uh, what about investing in fracking on the moon? You know, and that's the kind of nonsense that he'd come up with. She'd be like, no, Miles, we, we, we leave that. There's no need for us to invest in that sort of stuff. And this is just another one of those pink elephants to her, is this idea that he's going to suddenly make the road. And probably because he has always felt as the secondary person to her, but wants to be the first person, that's why he's pushing for this. He's pushing to be the number one. But the reality is that he doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, and I think that the the next second where we cut back to him, he does such a good exasperated, like, preteen, teen. <sighs> and then it cuts back to her. Now she's in, like, lecture me- mode, right? She's leaning forward. And she's like, the reality distortion field ends here. I can't let you do this, right? Mm-hmm. That's the end of our minute. And And again, it's like, her mood shifting from in charge to this is like exasperated and like legitimate worry to this is how I stop you. You're a little boy kind of like I have to treat you like a little boy. Yeah. Uh, it, all in the same scene is so well done. And again, Janelle Monae is just such a great actress to pull this off in such a seamless way. Especially um, since we've kind of skipped over a little bit just to, to talk about the two framing devices is mm-hmm. the bit in the middle where she is playing her sister is a completely different performance again. Oh yeah, I was gonna. I, I figure we could round out um, uh, with that, unless you have anything else to say. But no, 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 no. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Happy. So like, 
as soon as we have that, like, the sort of bringing together a pull-in shots, we then cut to uh, Helen and Benoit still walking. Um, and her just thinking about the different tones she's using in that last scene and then hearing Helen with this very, like, upturned, happy, slightly accented... A voice it's just remarkable this is the same person now you say slightly accented mm-hmm. but it's only slightly accented in comparison to benoit blanc's accent yeah. so it's she's got quite a strong accent here it's just it's not as much in there fog or leg or more than he's yeah. got going on but um yeah i think and it's really it's i said it's really interesting it almost feels more natural for her to have the accent so i don't know much about janelle money so i don't know what she sounds like when she just gives a regular interview but i would be fully believing if you told me that she sounded like that just having a normal conversation because she's so good at it helen's natural southern twang i was born and raised in kansas city by way of atlanta georgia oh Spent there time you in go. south carolina yeah there you go so it just i didn't know that but it just feels like that it, like she, it's so easy to her whereas Benoit, um, Daniel Craig, is really pushing to keep that oh. foghorn leg on going. Yeah. Um, uh, one other thing I'll just say about, about Daniel Craig in this scene, because I've got him up on the screen now, is he's doing a really good job of trying to hide uh, how absolutely built he is. Um, yeah. So there's a couple of scenes where he's walking and he's basically got his two hands in his front pocket. And he's also mm. leaning forward with his crotch so that mm. it gives him the appearance of having a bigger gut, like a kind of like an yeah. out of shape kind of gut. Whereas when they cut to a side on view, there's one there, it's about 33 or 34 seconds. Uh, and you can see that that man just has massive pecs. Like he's still in oh, James Bond yeah. shape. But because of the way he's walking and standing and wearing the very loose linen trousers, it's trying to give him the impression that he's, I was going to say that he's my shape, like he's pear shape for a man. But that dude is built like a tank. Look at the side, that's his left arm. He's a right arm dude. Look at how big his arm is like. He is a massive man who's doing a really good job of making it look like he's not. Well, especially because if you look at, so they're walking sort of, away from sort of on a almost like a boardwalk it's hard to tell what the geography i don't remember the geography of the island but they're getting hit so they're walking sideways with a sideways uh slowly panning shot and they're but they're getting hit with a huge light that's because they're both their face yeah um both wearing light colors their their clothes are popping and against this dark because it's evening time background where only lights in the background can really be seen there's like fairy lights around pillars and whatnot uh, and yet he doesn't like part of it is smart um, blocking right because he's walking um pretty 90 degrees to the camera mm-hmm. and she's kind of a little more adjusted so her dress and her body are just lit up a little more but for him being as well lit up in the, in lighter colors again putting his hands in the pocket um and like you said slouching sort of forward without looking like he's slouching just makes him unassuming despite being big and like yep. you said you can see his arms and his uh, pecs and his stomach and part of that like hands in the linen pants is making them billow so you can't quite see them like clinging to him so he just kind of looks a little more amorphous yeah and it's yeah just really well thought out and planned for the different sizes of these actors and also for benoit to not 
come off like Batista is. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing is he's not. Uh, I don't know how tall Daniel Craig is. I'm going to assume he's like most big actors. He's five ten to five, to six feet, right? So he's yeah. average tall for your average man. He's taller than I am, for example. But mm. your average man who is uh, so what he's meant to be playing 60 year old Benoit Blanc right now right. 60 year old ben, your average 60 year old walking around here in the Republic of Ireland doesn't have guns that big doesn't have pecs that big but he's making it work and he's doing it with the little scarf he's doing it with the little hat the uh, the horizontal stripes again how do you make yourself look uh, skinnier you put vertical stripes on how do you make yourself yeah. look bigger you put horizontal stripes on everything is loose and billowy and I think it's a great look he looks like a Popeye villain um, yeah. and the, scene. the tiny hat's doing a lot of work because it, it's it's because again this like big light on the side his face is lit up and like the front of the hat is lit up and then the rest is pretty much in shadows mm-hmm. and so you see you just see how because of the where, where the brim is you just see how thin and short the brim is and then this like smack a hat and you're like this is a dumb <laughs> <laughs> like it, this is like no yucking people's yums if that's your type of hat. I'm just saying. It, it just makes him look a little silly, which helps him kind of not be the yeah. focal point, despite being this big man. And I think he is doing that himself, like as in the character of Benoit mm. Blanc. That's oh, exactly yeah, what that's... he's doing. It's like, people won't take me as seriously because I dress like this. It's the same as Poirot um, and his giant mustaches. Now, obviously, having watched... Um, uh, Death on the Nile recently. Uh, he mm. only has that mustache to cover up his war wound. Thanks for that, Kenneth Branagh. Um, but uh, he's got those big mustaches because Agatha Christie made it very clear that he wanted people to underestimate him. Even though he was the most famous person in the world when it comes to that sort of stuff. Um, Poirot's point was, people will underestimate me because I don't look like the big imposing guy. And that's what Ben Blanc is doing here. He's making himself look a little bit more silly so that people are more willing to open up and talk to him. And even the way he asks the questions of Helen in this scene um, and the, the later scenes that we're going to come up to, the, it's a beguiling level of innocence that he has to them, despite the fact that you know he is paying attention to absolutely everything that's going on at any given time. Yeah, I think it's. I think he's doing a fantastic job here. Yeah, and then like the next scene is a cut in on sort of their their busts, but at their different heights. So there's like she, her head that sort of ends halfway up this scene, and we cut off the top of his hat. But what is really interesting is we now get a way shallower depth of field on that shot. Mm-hmm. So like we get you know we got bokeh on the lights behind us, uh, and to keep him as a member of the conversation, but not the focal point, because again. He's well lit from the front. He's out of focus. Yeah. He's just out of focus. And um, Helen is entirely in focus from fingertip to back shoulder. That's the depth of field. And what let's, what's really interesting about that is she is she's also gesticulating with the hands, right? So to keep herself the main focal point, she's bigger in the scene, even though she's smaller. Literally, she takes up less screen space than uh, he does. Um, and... Because it's a, she's sort of telling this. She's like lost in thought, telling this like that. This is the story of the company because this is where she's saying, you know, uh, Miles' aspirations get bigger and bigger. Like everything, everything starts rolling forward. But then he goes off thing, and she's clearly just talking and not making eye contact. She's just, she's just in the zone narrating. So she's actually much more dappled in light while he still mm-hmm. has this main spot. Uh, and so you get a sense of the nuances of her because she's the only thing in focus. We don't need her to be lit up to. 
notice the like moves. Yeah, and even and she's like she... moving her hands, and then we do another cut to the wide shot, and she, and then suddenly her hands are like you know there here. She's a very gestury person. She's got that little booklet and... in her hand where she knows she's got her notes. Yeah. Um, I was just gonna say she's meant to be looking like Andy in this shot. Like mm-hmm. so, she's done her hair, she's doing her makeup. Yeah, and if you look up closely, so. Um, in the close-up shot her part is on the right hand side and then if you cut to Andy in business mode her part is on the left hand side and Andy's hair has way less movement in it so obviously like there's an updated version of it but it's also a great way of just showing these are two different people like just very subtle I hadn't got that yeah Yeah. so Um, she looks great I also like I'm just going to say it now she looks great she's very very pretty like this just it. Just said nobody nobody expected this to come out, but Janelle yeah. Monet, very pretty. Yeah. Um what I wanna say about this chunk as well is just how much Benoit is like barely nodding. Mm. And I I read this as him knowing a lot of this already because he does his due diligence, but knowing that she needs to say this stuff and also realizing to let her stay that say this stuff, he just needs to let her go and give her like he doesn't need to be reflectively listening; he just needs to be listening. Yeah, and as I said, it it's one of those things. Just he's really good at getting across what this character is, and I, that's a credit to the writers as well and the director. Like Benoit Blanc feels, right? Well, it's the stupidest way to say this because there's only been two movies. But he feels like his own genre at this point, and mm. anybody else who tries to do it, despite the fact that he's, as I mentioned, Poirot, he's clearly just modern Poirot. He's he's modern. Um, uh, Colombo, right? Just yeah. a better put together Southern Colombo. But at the same time, it feels like the next time I see a movie with a private detective who is very intelligent, I guess I'm just going to go, oh, he's doing a bit of a Benoit Blanc there. Like, yeah. And it's great that they've been able to nail that type of characterization over two movies. Oh, very much so. Um, yeah, I think that they're really great in this. Um, and again, I think having them. It's also like clearly well thought out on which parts to show, right? So we ended the last minute with the beginning of their times together and them all meeting in the bar. And so to have the big idea, which was done in the bar, in the as kind of the last part of the sort of flashback, but of course it's not a flashback because a person, no one in this conversation was there. Mm-hmm. Um, but to have that as the last moment in the past, we'll say, right? Um, and then just have most of the like, ramp up before the strife just be right remember what's happening in this movie is helen and benoit are walking and helen is going over her notes about and telling benoit about the details he might not know about how this group got to where they are and why what miles and andy were up to and what alpha came what how alpha came from perspective of her knowledge about the social stuff right yeah um, and so we just live with them for like 40 seconds, well, maybe 20 seconds, right? And then we cut to a flashback of the disagreement where it's like, okay, now it matters what these people were looking like and sounding like. Again, even though if you think about like the way the narrative is being written, right? That scene with all those details with with um, Andy being strong and Miles being kind of fit in the background of a silly weak spot, all that cool stuff we talked about technically might not have been what happened. Yeah. 
Right. I do think that we're supposed to think that Janelle is describing a scene and then we're flashing back to it. But that's like ambiguous in the way the film is filmed. But I just think it's really a nice... It shows a lot of thought into making it bookended and not just pure flashback. Yeah, and another good thing to to mention here is that obviously we are talking about this particular five minutes, but this is not an isolated five minutes. There was 80 minutes that came beforehand. What? And, Wait. <laughs> I know, I know. It's crazy. Um, but in the 80 minutes that have come beforehand, we've only seen this version of the story from uh, Miles's point of view. Yeah. And now we're getting it, this is from Andy's point of view, even though it's not from Andy's point of view, it's secondhand from Andy's point of view, but we're still getting the alternative version of what actually happened, as opposed to, oh, we had a falling out, we were still friendly though, like we were still going stuff and, you know, mm-hmm. we, we were all a team and all of these people were successful, but there was no mention that Andy and um, Miles, like they're all like, oh, they rely on Miles, but it was never clearly indicated what they were relying on Miles for beyond the fact that he's a millionaire, but or billionaire. But it's the fact that Andy drove him on to be that billionaire, she was the brains of the company, she was the better half in the company, and now this is the first time that's coming out. But as you said, this is all from her sister's point of view. This is all from the mm-hmm. point of view of somebody who loved her sister and taught everything that she said was gospel. So we're still left in this situation where. Uh, could the truth be somewhere in the middle? Now, luckily enough for us, chances are one of them is a more reliable narrator than the other one, but we yeah. get to see how it goes in the future. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, what I wanted to touch on before I, um, this episode was the napkin itself, because I think this is the first time we see it up close, right? I think so. Possibly the only time we really see it up close. Um, and... Uh, this is the, 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 the MacGuffin of the business world, right? Like, this is supposed to be the huge idea that, um, like you said, that Andy had that uh, Miles helped bring towards... Um, it's just a shot on there. Uh, and it's such a fun mind map. So uh, for those of you who don't know, it's probably everyone. Uh, so one of the things I do as a philosopher at Durham, Durham University is uh, I do ethics of data science and AI. I also had a career in IT. Uh, so this mind map tickles me in, in multiple ways. Um, so the top line is tracking cyber risks and security. And then it drops on the far left, it drops into a series of boxes, uh, which is crypto management, exponential growth, worldwide accessibility, diversification, and then the bottom layer, crypto scalability. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, cyber risks drops into Accessibility, accessibility, presumably, mm-hmm. accessibility, maybe, and scalability under security, which then goes to development, timestamp, ICO, dark web, web efficacy. Um, I think it's manpower. It's a bunch of um, Ma- yeah. It says manpower. Yeah. Yeah, a bunch of which all come out from the middle, um, which is free app, code A delivery, machine learn. And a double arrow to crypto scalability, where the only other arrows we're missing is diversification goes into the middle as to scalability, accessibility, and crypto management. But it's just like this. This is what made Alpha. Like I really like the <laughs> idea that Alpha's not even a real company. Yeah. Like I really like the idea that um, she's the brains behind the outfit, but just relatively, and actually, it's just all vaporware. It's it. This is when you read it. Like 
we all know what Facebook is, right? And I always get the impression that that's effectively what they were looking at was some sort of combination of cryptocurrencies and mm. Facebook. Like as in, this is your free app. This is where you get in. We'll let people talk to each other. And then also we'll get this crypto management. But like you go from tracking to crypto management to exponential growth. Like I could write that down on a sheet of paper. It doesn't mean I'm going to suddenly have a company that's worth a billion quid. And I... It, it's great that I think that that's the idea that she put down, right? Yeah. But this is just talking about this stuff. So I believe we're meant to see that this here is her mind map that she's going to show to other people, as in, yeah. I'm going to talk you through it. But she knows what each of those steps actually are. Yes. So she understands what it is. And it's something that he could never do. He would never be able to pull all those together. I have no doubt that he could draw a mind map that looks like that, but he would mm. never be able to understand what each of the individual steps are. But yeah. yeah, you're right. It is hilarious to see this written down. I see. Oh, timestamp. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I also like the idea that like we first we get exponential growth, then we get accessible to the world. Yeah. Now it's... that we've already grown. <laughs> uh, diversification like oh yeah. we can get in that we bring in other things and that comes from the machine learning side like all of this yeah. like they're all buzzwords but i again i think we're supposed to understand that she would yeah uh, be able to explain all of those things whereas he wouldn't yeah but, and i mean because they were actually successful and like there is some sense where it could be vaporware but there has to be something underneath hmm. more than this but yeah i think the and of course, we have the glass onion um, logo in the one. The logo on the the uh, smoking the, gun of the movie. Yeah, I think I actually forgot to say last minute that like the glass onion neon sign is a really nice touch to remind you of that connection of what what the movie title's from. Um, but yeah, I just I really wanted to make sure we touched on that hilarious napkin because it's just like, um, and I think in the scene where right, it's the innovators something is the book that she's writing yeah, on. It's like the innovators handbook or something like that. Yeah. I think and, um, we, we and, might see it in a not too future scene from where we right. are at the minute. Um, but I like how she's just writing the bottom level crypto scalability. Like she's <laughs> thinking what I like about it is if this is actually her actively mind mapping at the bar, they're playing pool and she's like thinking of an entire business start to front. Cause like, Arguably, this exponential growth worldwide accessibility probably have to be inverted. But I think the idea is she's she has an idea and something's clicking and she's writing it all in. And like that's why the order doesn't matter. Um, dark, web, dark web efficacy. Good word. Sorry. Uh, it's just <laughs> funny. There's so much funny in it. But like, yeah, again, th that's another one of those juxtapositions. He's happy to play pool with the other two dudes. And she's Working brought the on book this. to the bar. Yep. And then had an idea. I mean, like, I'm working. I'm figuring this out. This is this is the thing. This is a thing that no one's doing right now. And here are some of the things that would come out of it. She's the original crypto bro. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Free app. <Sorry. laughs> it's the uh, fact that that's ringed in the middle. Free app! <laughs> ringed and boxed. It's like, <laughs> the ring in the middle is a free app, code A, delivery, and machine learn. But in that is free app is a box like the point of this middle thing is the free app mm -hmm. which is scalable and deserve diversified or whatever 
Don't forget um, man. I also would accept that she's just cashing in on, on the crypto growth scene, even if she knows it's vaporware. That would be an interesting thought about it. Um, but I do think it, there's something nice about the idea that, like, as we see saw with NFTs and cryptocurrencies and stuff, there's, like, bubbles of these things and overhype. And, like, to make this movie work, she doesn't have to be a genius, right? Yeah. She doesn't have to be a Wozniak. She just has to be the idea that gets this company off the ground. But, and we've seen that these companies don't need as much as we think they are, and that's enough. And I think that's a nice... The fact that they didn't make it explicit that, like... Holy crap! But that's like obviously the natural read is like she came up with this brilliant idea and he he helped her sell it. But it could have been a not great idea in the right timing. Yeah, well, well, the way I take it from what's written on the napkin and from the way that the company has gone is that she um, she's not trying to make money from crypto. She's making money from the idiots who think they can make money from crypto, and yeah. that's also part of reason why the company is called alpha because of all those alpha bros who were going to make money from the crypto and all this stuff and that's why she's got this she's making the free app we'll get them in suck them in oh it's a free app you can download the app you can just use the app blah blah blah, blah. and at mm-hmm. some stage they are taking a profit from that taking a percentage from it and yeah she, she was able to predict the growth in those those crypto numbers basically yeah so again she she is she's providing a service but she was mm. smart enough to realize that that service would be in great demand in the next 10 or 15 yeah. years or whatever it happens to be. So, yeah, that's great. And, and let, yeah, to, to just bring us back to one of the reasons why she was like, no, we weren't going to invest in Clear is because that's a, that's not only is that a potentially dangerous thing, but also it doesn't, investing in Clear is giving money to the people who might make this thing work. Mm-hmm. Investing in Alpha was, building an infrastructure where these people would dump their money yeah and so if money was going through it you would take a cut and it didn't matter if as it as it whatever money went through ended up getting lost because you're getting your cut beforehand right yeah you're the um, middleman who's making bank no, yeah no matter what happens you're making money right yeah. you're whereas the bank, you're the crypto if you like, invest um, in clear and clear doesn't go anywhere you're the one who's taking the hit yeah exactly so yeah, I thought that was a really nice um, way to show that difference, right? It's yeah. Just by her, the one time we see her idea, it's clearly like, like you said, like platform or something along those lines, and that's what like gets them there. And then he's like so obsessed with being, uh, what was the quote from last day? Uh, oh, said in the, being remembered. In the same breath as the yeah. talked about in the same breath as the Mona Lisa. Yeah. Um, is like. It's not good enough to be the CEO of a plat- a crypto platform. That doesn't get me that thing. Uh, what will get me that thing? I All I have is uh, right, his, his aspirations bigger and bigger, uh, and he's so big that he's obsessed and willing to dump all the company's resources because I actually think like that shows that Helen didn't quite get that his aspiration didn't get bigger. It's just the framing in which his aspiration could take hold got bigger. Got bigger. His, yeah. He got more important, right? Hmm. Um, but yeah. So that's, um, I think that's a good place to end it. Uh, do you have any other last thoughts on the minute? Yeah, I, I said, I thought this was really good. Um, it was one of those things, you, it's it's weird to say um, that minute 82 is a pivotal movie minute in a movie like this, but it really is. It, like this backstory, the, the, the whole little section we're dealing with is effectively the crux of the movie. And it's the crux of the movie because we're finally seeing things from Andy, who has effectively been a silent partner and a silent part of the movie up until this point because, you know, 
she's dead. Yeah. So this is now us finally getting to hear her voice. Now, it's not her true voice because we're hearing it through her sister's um, version of it. But it's so interesting because when I first watched this, I didn't think she was going to be in the movie as a large part at all. Uh, in fact, I genuinely heard Janelle Monáe plays a character who's dead. So when she shows up on the dock, I was like, what? And everyone else is like, what? And I was like, where is this going to go? Is Are we getting mm-hmm. into a ghost story? Obviously, we weren't. But that's the thing. So I think this really finally allowing us to find out what she is like is really important. Yeah, and like like I said, I think we're supposed to read this not as unreliable narrator in the flashback. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to read it as this is what those interactions were like. Uh, I like that there's the ambiguity still, but like, like you said, that shows us Andy. Yeah, right. And, and because Helen knows Andy well enough, it's possible that like it's still showing us Andy, even if that's not how those scenes worked. But like, I think that's the the most plausible read, um, especially with the things like seeing the details on the napkin, which arguably Helen wouldn't know. Yeah, right. Like we're getting enough details in these shots that make it seem less like a visual representation of a second party narration right versus an actual thing and it also leads us again for the future when um helen is pretending to be andy just how awkward she makes it look while andy made it look so casual and chill yeah that's a good point right the the helen in this scene um feels like a person Hmm. um great um well uh Thanks again for joining us, Ollie. Um, do you have any plugs for t- today, Tuesday's episode? Yeah, so I'll plug again. Uh, I am a guest host or a long-term guest host. I think I've been on like the last 20 episodes. But I'm a guest host on Judging Book Covers with Megan Griffin and um, Stephanie Cortez, where we basically are an online book club. We read a book and then we talk about it at the end of it. So yeah, listen to Judging Book Covers and also... I'm going to plug the next generation um, because we talked about it on the first episode of the week. Uh, everybody, just watch the next generation. It's a really good Star Trek show. And since Strange New Worlds is doing great numbers at the minute and everybody seems to love it, go back and give TNG a little bit of a run out. It's also good. Ah, that's a good reminder. I've been meaning to start a rewatch of um, that. And at the very least, least Encounter at Farpoint, great oh, series opener. Yeah, serious. Brilliantly. Um... And you can find us at Glass Onion Min, all one word, on. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, on, on Twitter. Uh, I, I've obviously read off of the format form that Darren gives before, and I didn't notice until now that he has added a comment uh, <laughs> that says, it's not called Twitter anymore, but we're not calling it X. So it solves the problem. <laughs> like the, the show notes say, use the old name. Uh, so yeah, at Glass Onion Min. Uh, all one word uh, and um, so I have pigeons that live on my roof that wake me up early in the morning um, so if you do have access to pigeons especially carrier pigeons um, send one off with ep- episode 83 of Glass Onion Men written scroll on in the language of your choice and see if that might convince someone to give the show a listen or just tell a friend but you know sometimes creativity um, if you're great. going to be creative what you could do mm. is lie to a friend about what Glass Onion Minute is about. So go up to your friend and just say to them, let's just say your friend really loves uh, Barbie um, just because it's topical and I'm looking at a Barbie right now. And you just say to your friend, Glass Onion Minute, it's a podcast about Barbie. And, uh, and you know, I'm, I'm not saying it's the most... Uh, 
ethical oh, no, way to this, do right? this, but let's just try. It. Yeah, yeah, but it's it, it's called Glass Onion Minute because it's you know it's really about the the feminism and the glass breaking the glass ceiling and the layers of Barbie end up happening, and that's why they called it Glass Onion. And you know it doesn't take that long, just a minute to start up, and so it's Glass Onion Minute, the Barbie podcast. Perfect. Sounds fantastic. Well done. <laughs> we'll come up with other more entertaining lies over the next three episodes. That sounds great. I love it. Okay, well, uh, this has been us. I've been Adil. And I've been Ollie. Uh, bye. Bye.